Hello, and thank you for joining us for the Hatchbend Apostolic Church web broadcast. In our society today, some, and yes, sadly, maybe even most, question the value of preaching in their lives. But we still believe what Paul said in 1 Corinthians chapter 1. In essence, Paul preached that God has chosen the foolishness of preaching to save them that believe. And so that's why we still place such a high value on the preached word of God in agreement to the scripture. And so now I'd like to thank you again for joining us for a message from the pulpit of Hatchbend Apostolic Church. Praise the Lord, everyone. Aren't you glad to be in the house of the Lord? Amen. Thankful to have a house to come to. Thankful for last Sunday service. Thankful for Wednesday night service. Just thankful to be in the house, Brother Jerry. Amen. If you'll turn in your Bibles to 2 Timothy chapter 4, verse 6 through 8, um, the last part of the series is Eyes on the Prize. Amen. That's what it's all about, Brother Ray, is keeping our eyes at the end of this race. And that's what Paul's talking about in 2 Timothy chapter 4, verse 6 through 8. And it reads like this, For I am now ready to be offered, and the time of my departure is at hand. He said, I have fought a good fight. I have finished my course. I have kept the faith. Henceforth, there is laid up for me a crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, shall give me at that day, and not to me only, but to all them that love his appearing. Could we just raise our hands and our voices and let's pray one more time. Precious church said amen you can be seated before I get too started I heard a preacher quote this scripture and he quoted it out of Isaiah but it's also in first Peter I want to read this as we go forward here real quickly it said in first Peter 1 24 through 25 it says for all flesh is as grass and all the glory of man as a flower of grass but he said the grass withereth and the flower thereof falleth away. The church said, but the word, the word of the Lord endureth forever. I like that. I like that, church. And he said, and this is the word which by the gospel is preached unto you. Amen. Brother Jerry, when it's all said and done, the word, the word. Brother Wayne, when I let you down, the word won't never let you down. If you can read it in a book, you can apply it to your life, Brother Chris. I'm thankful for that. I said, man, that is a beautiful scripture, Sister Smith. And, and I was reading, I've read that many a time. And then I, and he quoted that. I said, man, I got to mark that in my book. Amen. I'm one of those bookmarkers. I like to mark my book up. I, I remember one time somebody was looking in my Bible and, and they said, man, your book's all marked up. I said, yes, yeah, because I just, I find stuff and like to mark stuff, Sister Susan. But I said, how great is it? He said, all flesh is as grass and all glory of man is a flower of grass. 
the grass is going to wither, Brother Bobby, and that flower is going to fall away. But if you'll just stick that foot, Sister Gibson, on that word, it won't ever fail. Amen. So, so this minute, this minute, this morning, for just a few minutes, I want to talk to you about three folks, if I can make it before Sharon rubs her nose and Brother Chris comes this way. So if y'all see her rubbing her nose, don't pray. She's just telling me I'm on a short stick and got to get, get home in a hurry. Amen. Um, anyway, I'm not going to say that. So, but anyway, for just a few, I'm going to talk to you first about Mary, the mother of Jesus. She makes a statement, and we, I'm going to read this in Luke 1, 26 through 38, and then we're going to back up and come back to this. But she makes a statement. I want to go ahead and say he's. She told the angel Gabriel, Sister Tilly, she said, Be it unto me according to thy word. Pastor, if I could submit myself to God in that fashion, and Brother David, if I could just learn to say, God, you said it, let it be. That's what she's saying. And we all know the story, and I'm not going to spend a lot of time there, but, but we understand that in our culture, Brother Tyson, it ain't a real big deal. That, uh, I mean, it is a big deal. I don't mean to say it like that, but if our daughter or our sister happened to get pregnant out of wedlock, it ain't like it was, Brother Jerry, like it was in Mary's day. You know what I mean? We upset, we cry, and, and, but we get through that thing. So what, and I find this really, the more I've dug into this, and, and it said in verse 26 of Luke 1, it says, And in the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent from God unto the city of Galilee named Nazareth, to a virgin espoused to a man whose name was Joseph of the house of David, and the virgin's name was Mary. And the angel came in unto her and said, Hail, hail, thy, thou that art highly favored, the Lord is with thee, blessed art thou among women. And when she saw him, she was troubled at his saying and cast in her mind what manner of salutation this should be. And the angel said unto her, Fear not, Mary, for thou hast found favor with God. And behold, thou shalt conceive in thy womb and bring forth a son and shalt call his name Jesus. And he shall be great and shall be called the son of the highest. And the Lord God shall give unto him the throne of his father, David. And he shall reign over the house of Jacob forever in his kingdom. The church said there shall be no end. And then said unto the angel, How shall this be, seeing I know not a man? Now, Brother Junior, that's a sticking point right there. She said, How can this be? I don't know a man. And the angel answered and said unto her, The Holy Ghost shall overcome thee, and the power of the highest shall overshadow thee. Therefore also that holy thing which shall be born unto thee shall be called the Son of God. And behold, thy cousin Elizabeth we're going to talk about her in a few minutes. She hath also conceived a son in her old age, and this is a sixth month with her who was called barren. And the next scripture said in verse 37, it said, For with God, Sister Debbie, for with God nothing shall be impossible. With God. In verse 38, it said, And Mary said, Behold, the handmaiden of the Lord, be it unto me according to thy word. And the angel departed from her. And I thought about, Sister Joan, how that at that moment, Mary was not like Wayne Williams. She didn't have no doubt in Thomas in her. She just said, Be it according to me. Let it happen to me, Sister Susan, just like you're telling me it's going to happen. 
I don't know about y'all, but I've had God tell me some things or speak to me. I felt like, and I thought, man, this is just too much, Brother Donnie. Mary, he, the angel Gabriel told Mary, he said, you're going to conceive a child by the Holy Ghost. Brother Polk, that's hard to wrap your mind around when you think about she's so wonderfully, she's saying, you know, I want to be this sacrifice. I want to do, God, what you would have me just work in my life. So see, in our day, you know, Brother Ray, if that happens, there might be some whispering, but it ain't like it must have been in her time. When you think about, and we're going to read here in just a minute, in, in Deuteronomy 22 and 23, it said, If a damsel that is a virgin be bethrottled, which means to be engaged or be committed unto a husband, and a man find her in the city and lie with her, then shall bring them both out unto the gate of that city, and ye shall stone them with stones that they die. Brother Boyd, she knew that. But she said, be it according to I wonder when, when we face things in our life and we face obstacles in our life, do we leave like Mary left? When whoever it may be, maybe it's a doctor, maybe it's a lawyer, maybe it's a bill collector, maybe it's a best friend. Maybe I don't know what it is, Brother Jerry, but when we get that bad news, because, you know, we all are subject to... We're all subject, Brother Danny, to, to that phone call in the middle of the night. We're all subject at any time, Brother Brian, to, to, to be put on the spot. Mary didn't backtrack. Mary understood that maybe somebody in the town was going to talk about her. Maybe somebody in the town wasn't going to be her best friend. I, I just kind of, we raised two daughters by the grace of God. And, and I would tell you that that was one of my biggest fears. Just being honest with you, that was one of my biggest fears that they might would come home. I was thinking about if one of the twins come home and told Sister Amanda that, hey, listen, um, God told me and uh, spoke to me and said, hey, I'm going to have a child. I wonder how Sister Amanda would receive that. I don't never says anything about Mary's parents, but I know as me and Sharon, I'd probably just been rolling around on the floor. Because it goes from this, you know, going, well, how are you going to support this child, Sister Tilly, to, to now what do we got to do to help out? But Mary just said, I just want it, God. Brother, she just opened herself up and said, God, if you said it, I want it. See, it's really easy for when, they, when Brother Boyd calls you up here and rubs your head and says, look, your bank account's going to grow tenfold. Man, I want some of that. But when Sister Gibson, when it ain't quite so good like that, but Mary said, said, I thought about, and I never really realized this too much, I thought about when she went to tell Joseph. Now, how do you go tell your husband that you're fixing to marry, Brother Allen, that you've got a baby? Because most of us men would probably just say, well, you probably just need to go on down the street. I mean, Really? And basically, if you read in Matthew 1, 18 through 23, it says, And now the birth of Jesus Christ was on this wise, when as his mother Mary was espoused to Joseph, before they came together, she was found with a child of the Holy Ghost. Then Joseph, her husband, being a just man and not willing to make her a public example, was minded to put her away privately. But verse 20 says, But while he thought on these things, 
while he thought such a I wonder what he was thinking about on these things. Now, his wife that was, was supposed to be pure, Sister Joyce had just told him, huh? And he said, I thought on these things. Now, I don't know what Wayne Williams would have thought about. But see, this was such a powerful thing that, that God sent an angel by in a dream and talked to Joseph in a dream, Brother Junior. Because it sounds like to me that and some reading that I had done, it said um, that he had thought about putting her away privately, meaning that he was talking about, Brother Bobby, about separating from her. Is, is the... The, the reading that I had done on my studying on this. He, but the Lord being the Lord, he said, but an angel of the Lord appeared unto him in a dream, saying, Joseph, thy son of David, fear not to take unto thee Mary thy wife, for that which is conceived in her is of the Holy Ghost. So, so here's, here's where we're at. This man's thinking, I've got this lady... And the town obviously knows that I'm not the father. No people's going to be talking. The Internet's going to be hot. Facebook's going to be blowing up. Twitter's going to fly off the map. And whatever else they do on those things. And all Mary's response was, was, be it according to your word. She knew, Brother Jay. I just believe she knew. She wasn't worried about being stoned. She wasn't worried about Susanna, people talking about her. Um, she was just wanting to be used of God. And I wonder how many times in my life maybe God moved on me to do something, Brother Gibson, and, and I automatically in my mind start weighing it out, Sister Smith, about just really what is this going to cost me? But Mary didn't do that. Mary just said, God, I want it. God, I want to be a part of this thing. And, and, and I, th I thought about how the, and, and you know, you, you say, well, maybe the town didn't talk about her. Well, let's, let's run over to John 8, 39 and 42. The Lord was talking to the Pharisees, and, and, the, and Jesus answered and said unto him, uh, they, I'm sorry, the Pharisees answered unto Jesus, that Abraham is our father. Jesus saith unto them, if ye were Abraham's children, ye would do the works of Abraham. But now ye seek to kill me, a man that hath told you the truth, which I have heard of God. This did not Abraham. Verse 41 said, And you do the deeds of your father. Then said they to him, We be not born of fornication. We have one father, even God. See, Sister Jane, they right there was just making a statement to the fact that he was born out of wedlock. They knew that they said, well, we, we've not been born of fornication. We know who our father is. So you know, Brother Tyson, that that, that town was talking about him. People were slipping around. Have you ever been in a group of folks and maybe Brother Jerry's talking to me, kind of whispering, and the old devil talks and says, you know, Brother Everett, they're talking about you. And we might be talking about the watermelons growing on the back 40. I wonder how many times that, that Mary walked down the street Obviously, they had talked about it, Pastor, because they was quick to point that out. And, and I said all that to say this about keeping your eyes on the prize, how that all this, 
going on, Sister Shanna didn't bother Mary. Mary just said, I want to be used of God. I wonder how many times that we went and told people how much God loves us and how much God loves them. And, and they want to be critical about the way we carry ourselves or the way we dress ourselves or how often we go to church or how often we do this. I, I thought about how the, there was a lady that, that, and I'm not trying to offend anybody, but um, she cut hair for a living and, and our daughters have long hair by the grace of God. And um, she was, uh, we knew her earlier in her age and she started being a beautician and um, Sister Chelsea, she told our daughter, she said, anytime, she said, y'all come by the shop and I'll cut your hair for you. Just anytime. And mom and daddy didn't have to step up and play for them. The girls just said, no, no, we don't do that. We believe it's for our glory and for honor and we're trying to honor God. But see, sometimes, and I know especially with ladies, it seems to be um, our daughters was talking to a, a lady up in their place, and, and they didn't even want to serve the Lord. She didn't even want to give God a try because all the things, Sister Melinda, she felt she was going to have to give up. But Mary said, I don't care. They may stone me. The town may talk about me. My boyfriend may leave me. But God, whatever it is, God, whatever it is, I want it. I thought about this. Um. I'm going to get in trouble, Brother Rayleigh, but I'm just going to go ahead and go there this morning. Um, we was in uh, the office one day, and a, a couple come up, and this lady had worked for me at Winn-Dixie, and I knew her, her future husband. They used to come in the store, and his wife, when his wife was alive. And uh, they, they come in and get married. Last I walked over, shake their hand to thank them and all that kind of stuff, you know, congratulate them. And the girl that was... Uh, receiving the license as a real talkative lady. And um, Brother Larry, she said, um, so you know Wayne? And yeah, yeah, I used to, Miss Eunice, her name was, said I used to work with Wayne at Winn-Dixie. And um, then they talked about, they was getting marriage license. And she, the, Melinda says, well, who's going to marry you? And they said, well, we really don't have nobody. And Melinda said, well, Wayne can marry you. <laughs> so what do you mean Wayne can marry you? Don't, what do you mean? So Miss Eunice said, well, Wayne, would you mind marrying us? And I said, well, <laughs> what am I going to I don't mind, I don't guess. So anyway, her future husband was in a wheelchair, and, and he'd had some uh, health problems. And so, you know, then the devil automatically jumps on you and says, now, um, you know, you can't say nothing about God's a healer when you go to their house. I said, yeah, you're right. I can't wait God don't raise that man. He gets out of that wheelchair. What? He said, yeah, you don't mention anything about that. Okay, yeah, don't mention nothing about that. So anyway, it's that time, time to uh, go to their house, and uh, I'm like Mel Tillis. I get real, real nervous, and it's hard to tell. But And you might know there was a nice little group of their family there, Brother Polk. And uh, I never go nowhere without Sharon. She's my spiritual leader. And um, I said, I said, honey, what are we going to do? Because I knew we was going to pray for that man in that wheelchair, Sister Terry. I just knew we was. Now, they were saying, he ain't getting up out of that wheelchair. He ain't going to walk. I said, I know, I know. But we still going to pray for him. <laughs> we still going to pray for him. That's what the book says, see. The book said pray for him. The book said pray one for another that you might be healed. See, the devil would tell you the same thing he told Mary. Mary, Mary, people's going to talk about you, see. See, people's going to know you. This ain't Joseph's boy. 
So anyway, back to the story, we performed the service. And all the time I'm working and talking, I'm thinking after a while, we're going to pray for this guy in this wheelchair. And what y'all don't know about Sister Sharon is when she gets excited, she sounds like a little, she gets really excited. I was hoping Sister Summer would be here. She'd say a big amen right then. She would say a big amen, Sister Terry. But anyway, so let me get to the point real quick. Like somehow they had like a little platform. This man's in a wheelchair, Brother Jerry. Honest, honest. And I don't know if y'all have ever prayed for somebody and tried to keep your mind on praying for somebody and keep your mind on somebody too. Because I knew when that little wife of mine started shaking, and them hands went, see, there wasn't none of that. See, the devil was going, don't put your hands on him. All these people are watching you. See, you work with these people. You went to school with this girl's kids and stuff. They know who you are. They know where you come from. It didn't matter to Sharon. Sharon from Cross City. She didn't matter. They didn't know Sharon. Her hands started shaking. <laughs> and she just busted off. Bam! And started speaking in tongues and just carrying on. I'm thinking, oh, my God. And she's just shaking him, and I'm a, and next thing I know, Sister Susan, she's pushing him in that wheelchair, and all I could think of was he was going to go off the platform. <laughs> and here's the thing. I'd like to tell you, Brother Donnie, that he got up out of the wheelchair, and he walked, but he didn't. He didn't. But we still prayed for him, and Sharon still had a Holy Ghost fit right there in their living room. So my whole point is, Sister Smith, just don't let the devil intimidate you. See, Here's the thing. These folks come to church a few times. The whole thing is, is I believe in windows of opportunities. Sister Danielle, I believe in that. And it might have just been that God sent us there for just that, just for him to have that opportunity. And if we just shut that thing down, because I knew what Sharon was going to do. I've been with her a long time. And y'all ain't seen that side of it, but it's coming. I just wanted to warn y'all and put that at her, because y'all think I'm the yabber-jabber of the family, and I am. But she, when she gets it, but the point is, is the devil tried to intimidate you. Because he'd love nothing more for you to take that talent that God's gave you and dig a hole in and put, in, and put some dirt over that thing. That's just what he wants to do because he wants to say, well, you just too, you, you just way too proper for that. There's no need in that. Well, can I tell you, there's a need in that. See, that's the great thing. And, 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 and I'm going to say this anyway. The great thing that I love about being oneness is this. Is we believe in faith. That to me, Brother Boyd, I, that, that just because I'm glad that the preacher preached to me about faith. See, because the devil would tell you he, he's not getting up, and he didn't. But I wanted to exercise that faith. I, I just wanted to give God an opportunity. I didn't want to leave that house, and the devil tell you, said, you didn't even try. Because he tried to intimidate us while we was praying, and he would have really intimidated us as Christians when we left that house and said, why didn't you try? You said you were a Christian. You believe God's a healer. Why didn't you try? I got such a respect for Mary when she said, I don't care. Church, we need to get to that attitude that we don't care what our family thinks about us. If it's all decent and in order and it's in the Lord, we need to put God to the test. We need to tell people God is still a healer. God's still a deliverer. God's still a prayer answering God. The only thing that separates, the only thing that keeps God from moving is our unbelief. Now, there's going to be times that God, he didn't raise that man up. But you know what? I'd pray for him again. Brother Wayne, that, 
I just, I just love telling that story because people look at Sharon and think, well, she would never get that excited. Sharon gets that excited. I thought about it real quickly, and I got to go because I've wasted a lot of time. But the next one I want to talk about is John the Baptist. Now, I want to read you this. I'm going to tell you this word, this word called potential. There's a lot of folks that's in the major leagues and the NFL and um, the NBA that's made a lot of money on just that one word, just potential. Just potential. But the definition of potential is having or showing the capacity to become or develop into something in the future. We all know the story about John the Baptist and, and, and his dad, Zacharias, and his mother, Elizabeth. And, and I'm going to try to hurry through this real quick. But let me get right quick to where his, uh, Zacharias uh, was doing his lot of burning incense in the temple. And it said in Luke 1, 13 through 18, it said, But the angel said unto him, Fear not, Zacharias, for thy prayer is heard, and thy wife Elizabeth shall bear thee a son, and thou shalt be called his name John, and thou shalt have joy and gladness and many. I want you all to listen to this. Many shall rejoice at his birth, for he shall be great in the sight of the Lord, and he shall drink neither wine nor strong drink, and he shall be filled with the Holy Ghost even in his mother's womb. And many, and many of the children of Israel shall be turned to the Lord their God, and he shall go before him in the spirit and power of Elias to turn the hearts of the fathers to the children and the disobedient to the wisdom of the just to make ready a people prepared for the Lord. And Zechariah said unto the angel, Whereby shall I know this? For I am old man and my wife well stricken in years. And we all know the story that from that point on, Gabriel said, Well, you just won't be able to speak. I'll just shut you down. I, I've often wondered if Sharon ain't prayed that prayer for me that maybe Gabriel would visit me maybe sometime and she'd get some nine months worth of peace and quiet, but I hope not. But anyway, he was shut down for nine months and couldn't say a word. And, and we all know that when John was born and they wanted to call him after his father's name. And he said, no, we're going to call his name John. And when they took him to have him circumcised, that um, Zacharias, uh, the Lord had moved on him and he opened his mouth in verse 64 and said, and said, he opened his mouth immediately, and his tongue loosed, and he spake, and praised God, and fear came on all that dwelled around about them. And all these sayings were noise abroad throughout all the hill country of Judea. And verse 66 says, and all they that heard them laid them up in their hearts, saying, what manner of child shall this be? And the hand of the Lord was with him. So just there, right there, the potential there, I wonder how many times that his mama might have told him that story, Brother Jerry. I wonder how many times his daddy talked about how the angel just shut him down for nine months, brother boy. I remember as a young boy going to, we lived in Chiefland, going to Guff Hammock. My daddy was raised around Elsie and Guff Hammock. And I remember going by a plot of land, Sister Susan, and every time we'd go by there, he'd say, I remember back when I was a boy, I had a mule, and we plowed up that piece of property right there. Every time. We'd go by there, and he'd tell me that every time. And we'd go somewhere else, and he'd tell me the same thing, brother Bobby, over and over and over. My point is, is I wonder how many people said, I remember how this guy was conceived, and I remember how, uh, what happened when he went to do it on the eighth day, and I remember, and I remember, and I wonder how many times the mamas and his daddy just hugged on him and said, you're going to be a mighty man of God. You're going to be a mighty man of valor. We're talking about potential. I want to tell you this uh, real quickly. Before John, the beloved, could say in 1 John 1 and 1, that which was from the beginning, which we have heard and which we have seen with our eyes, which we have looked upon, our hands have handled of the word of life. 
Before John could say that, John the Baptist could say this. He said, and it came to pass that when Elizabeth heard the salutation of Mary, the babe leaped in her womb, and Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Ghost. John could only say we could handle the Word of God. We was with the Word of God. But John the Baptist could say, you know, when I was in my mama's belly and my mama heard that salutation, he said, I leaped in that womb. And I believe that's where he got the Holy Ghost right there in the loom. We're talking about potential, Brother Brian. Expectations. I wonder if them expectations got to him because in Matthew eleven twenty two through 6, it reads like this. It says, now when John had heard in prison the works of Christ, he sent to us the disciples. Now, we all know that he got put in prison not because he got caught stealing or robbing a bank. He got put in prison because he told the king, you can't have your brother's wife, and it made Herodias mad, and Herodias had somewhat against John the Baptist for that. <laughs> we always think that I felt like God wanted me to go talk to a guy one time and went over there and uh, had known him, Sister Jane, and known his family, and he told me very quickly right up front, he said, Wayne, don't come over here preaching to me and talking to me about Jesus. I you believe like you believe, and I don't believe in God. I said, that's okay. I just want to come talk to you for a little bit. The window of opportunity, Brother Mike. And I tell you, when I left his house, I thought God was going to save him, Brother Jerry. That was my prayer, and that was my hope. But I just had to go see him. I said, look, I don't want to talk. We ain't got to talk about God if you don't want to. I just want to talk to you. So I wonder how many people thought that John the Baptist is really going to do something. I wonder how many times, and I'm just, just asking y'all to give me a little room here. I wonder how many times that John thought, man, I'm really going to do something for God. I mean, you think about it, I got the Holy Ghost in my mama's womb. I mean, this is like ordained. I mean, I'm really going to do something. Great things. John finds himself in prison. John's going, something's wrong. <laughs> Something's derailed here. See, we're not above getting a little depressed or a little sad or wonder if we missed the boat. Just not being our season. Just might not have been our time. He said, look at here. He said, uh, sent two of my disciples in verse 3, and he said unto them, ask him, said, are thou he that should come or do we look for another? Before we be too critical on John the Baptist, I've been in places before, not that, Sister Gibson, that I was wondering if God really heard my praying at all anyway. Have you ever been there that you just prayed and prayed, Brother Larry, and you just think, man, God. But, you know, I read in the book of Revelation the other day, it said that there was a... a, a I want to say like a veil, but that ain't the right word, like a vessel. It had all the prayers in that vessel. God, had, the angels had poured those prayers out. So that reaffirmed, Brother Bobby, that God still hears our prayers. Even if God don't answer our prayers, God still hears our prayers. And God knows what's right for us. And God knows what's on the other side, Brother Wayne. And, and God's God. See, people put expectations in potential on John the Baptist 
the greatest thing, and that's why God called him, said he was the greatest man born of a woman because he was a forerunner. He, he told the world about Jesus was coming. See, if you never open up, God never works through you to, to heal the blinded eye or to open a deaf ear or you don't ever get to baptize 150,000 people, if you'll just do what God told you to do, if you'll just go tell somebody about him. See, if you'll just keep your eyes on the prize. See, the prize is that we tell people about Jesus, that when people see us, Brother Tyson, they see Jesus. When they see our works, they glorify him, the Father. But it went on to say in verse 4 that Jesus answered and said unto to them said, go and show John again these things which ye do see and hear. The blind receive their sight, the lame walk, the lepers are cleansed, the deaf hear, the dead are raised, and the poor have the gospel preached to them. And in verse 6, he said, and blessed is he whosoever shall not be offended in me. I wonder how many people, Pastor mentioned Demas a while ago. The Bible said that Demas, Paul said, Demas hath forsaken me, loving this present world. Sister George, I wonder how many people has grown despondent in a time of season, in a time of rest, and went back out in the world and lost out, missed their window of opportunity. At, uh, at Mount Zion, uh, the church had done a little giveaway program of clothes, and uh, the Lord had provided us a mobile home, and we had clothes and uh, food sometime, and um, I really have a passion for that. Brother Danny, I really want to feed people. I always wanted to have a place where we could cook and feed people and preach to them, and uh, I thought, no, if we give them the word that will help their spirit, man, give them food for their belly will help them. It's always had that desire. And one day I was going to work, and, and um, it kind of messed up at the church. It just went away and couldn't really get nobody to help us, Brother Toby, to try to see that vision through. Here's one thing that I learned about uh, my passion ain't always Sharon's passion. See, when our two girls was home, Brother Everett, I could tell my girls every second Saturday, you're going with Dad for four hours. We're going to go to church and give away clothes. But I couldn't tell those folks at Mount Zion that because they was going and done their own things. Amen? Have you ever, God laid something in your heart and you thought, man, the church will just love this. I'm going to tell somebody. And I know people's going to be excited and want to go with me to do this. And you tell people, Sister Jenny, they look at you like, are you crazy? Are you at your mind? Can I, can I tell you, Sister Betty, are you on crack? You know what I'm saying? Are you people crack? I ain't got time for all that. You know, I'm saved and sanctified and ready to go up, but I just ain't got time for all this other stuff. You want to feed the poor and, 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 and clothe them and all, that's your business. So I'm, I'm going to work one morning, Brother Gibson, and I'm just having an all-out fit with Jesus. Me and him just having a come to Jesus, Jesus meeting. I said, now, God, you know I want to feed these people, God. I know, you know, I alone, blah, 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 blah. I'm just letting him have it, just pow. He didn't blow up the truck. I didn't wreck and hit a pine tree. Got to work. Everything was good. Felt pretty good, brother boy. True story. Walked in there and on my computer screen was looked like somebody had printed it off a computer. It said patience. <laughs> what do you mean? So I called the guy. There was a, a man there was a cleaner and a woman there was a cleaner. And I called the man cleaner was a friend of mine. 
said, hey, man, did you put a sign on my computer that said patience? He said, are you crazy? So the lady come by some hours later, Brother Boyd, and I said, hey, did you put a sign on my computer that said patience? She said, are you crazy? I got that sign at my office right now that said patience. I just left that thing alone. <laughs> well, Chris, I was smart enough if God left me a word. I just left that word right there. I still look at it, and I still think about it, and I still talk to God about it. But I don't mess with him like I did in that truck. Because huh? I understand, since it gives him my time, ain't God's time, and God's time, it'll happen in God's time. And if it never happens, Sister Susan, it's all right. Because that's on God. But God knew that we wanted to do something and try to help him to spread the gospel. See, the devil would tell you that you're not making no progress. But, Brother David, if you don't do no more than just tell somebody about Jesus. Because, see, me and you, we can't save people. We can't heal people. We can't deliver people. Most of the time, financially, we can't help people. But we can tell them about a God that can do all the above, plus, plus, plus. And then when you get through this side, Brother Ready, God can take you to the other side. He said he went away to prepare a place for us. And now, I'm going to talk to you about my old buddy Peter. We're talking about our eyes on the prize. And I see Brother Chris moving, so I got to go. And Luke 5, 1 through 7 reads like this. And it came to pass that as the people pressed upon him to hear the word of God, he stood by the lake of Genesaret and saw two ships standing by the lake, but the fishermen were gone out of them. And the church said, we're washing their nets. And he entered into one of the ships, which was Simon's, and prayed him that he would just thrust out a little from the land. And he sat down and taught the people out of the ship. Now, when he had left speaking, he said unto Simon, boy, it gets rough right here. He said, launch out to the deep. Now, God, the deep is deep. <laughs> I don't just stay right here. I don't want to help Brother Wayne with anything that you've laid on his, I don't want to help him with none of that. I just want to do my time. I want to make it to heaven. That's all I really want. But God said, look here, Peter. Let's go out to the deep. Let's get deep into this thing. And he said, let down your nets for a draught. And Simon answering said unto him, Master, we have told all the night and have taken nothing. Let me just stop right there. Brother Jerry, if you, I guess you, your people pick watermelons of that. If you had a 40-acre field and you know you went over it twice and you were Brother Chavez and Brother Orlando rode it and there wasn't a melon on the field. And Pastor Boyd come to you and said, Brother Jerry, I think we need to go back and visit that 40. I think that thing's full of watermelons. Go ahead and call the man, get you 52 semis, and we're going to load them all. You're probably just going to say, right, Pastor. I'm going to get my orange Kubota and we're going to ride down there. And you're supposed to go right, he might go left. Because you done picked all them watermelons. Peter just says a crazy kind of a word. Just a crazy word. See, right below nothing, he said, nevertheless. Just chew on that for just a minute, brother, folks. Peter said, I'm a, I'm a professional. You know, when you met me and my brother Andrew, we was casting the net. This is, this is where I live at, see. I, I am a commercial fisherman. 
Now, if I hung up the nets and we've done washed these nets and we've all cleaned them all up and we've had a terrible night out there, says Elena, I know about fishing. That's what I do. But that one word, just nevertheless, he just reached up there and grabbed that wall and just tore that wall right down. He just said, it's got to come down. He said, at thy word, I will let down thy net. Has there been any, I got to hurry. Has there ever been a time in your life that you knew God wanted you to let down your net and you just kept your net on the boat? I'm moving on. And he said, and when they had done this, they enclosed a great multitude of fishes and their net break, and they beckoned unto their partners, which were in the other ship, that they should come and help them. And they came and filled both ships so that they both, well, I'm sorry, so that they began to sing. Tell you this story, and I'm through. My daddy was laying up in North Florida on life support. And um, they said, he can't stay on this thing but 14 days. Y'all got to make up your mind. You got to do something. Oh, the first day, Sister Boyd wasn't so bad. The third day wasn't so bad. The fifth day wasn't so bad. Tenth day got a little nerve-wracking. Twelfth day really got nerve-wracking. The thirteenth day uh, got real nerve-wracking. Well, the thirteenth day happened to be a Sunday, and we went to church that day, Sister Smith. And then, needless to tell you, my lips was dragging the ground. We're all family in that church. And so Sunday night, we come with the same response. Church was dead Sunday morning. Church was dead Sunday night. Pastor Huggins got up and he said, look at here, people. We got to stop. He said, this crying and this slobbering and all that mess don't move God, church. He said, what moves God is faith. He said, now, you, I understand, but brother big boy, we're going to have to deal with that tomorrow. He said, but right now, we're in church of God. We're going to worship God. Y'all leave all that behind, and let's just worship God. Get our mind on God. Let's worship God, because only God can touch Brother Big Boy. So after church, pastor come to the house, and, and we sat on the couch. And, and uh, he said, uh, I said, Pastor, what are we going to do? He said, man. He said, Brother Wayne ain't going to tell you what to do. He said, but if it was me, he said, I'd put God to the test. Pastor said, nevertheless. Huh? He said, keep your eyes on the prize, Wayne. Yeah, but you understand that if we unplug him, Pastor, he's going to die if God don't heal him. So, yeah, but, but he's saved and he's ready to go to heaven. Well, that sounds good when we're talking about Brother Jerry's dad. That's Wayne's dad. You know what I mean? Faith works good at somebody else's house, Brother Toby. Well, I'm, I'm trying to finish. I'm trying to wrap it up. So, for some reason, I had to go to work Monday. I don't know why. They were supposed to unplug, they weren't supposed to unplug Daddy until we got there, all of us got there. So Sharon and Brother Huggins went to North Florida. And they walk in the room. My dad's sitting up eating jello. And he said, Where y'all been? See, Pastor, we, we didn't have to go there and lay hands on him. We didn't have to oil him up. We didn't have to do all that. We just needed some nevertheless. <laughs> Could I get you to stand? Church, all we need, we serve a great God. All we need is some nevertheless.
This message has been brought to you today by the media ministry of Hatchbend Apostolic Church. We pray that it's ministered to you in some way, and we'd like to take this opportunity to invite you to join us in service here at Hatchbend Apostolic. Our Sunday services begin at 10 a.m. and our Wednesday night service at 7.30 p.m. For any more information or to speak with our ministry staff, please feel free to call our church office at 386-935-2806 or you can visit the contact link here on our website. Again, thank you for listening and we pray God's richest blessings on you and your family.